Hey, hey, hey. What is going on, y'all? It is Larry Long Jr. here, CEO, that's Chief Energy Officer of LLJR Enterprises. I see that we've got YouTube in the house. I see we've got LinkedIn in the house. I see we've got our guests in the house. Oh, goodness, I am feeling so good. Now, just to remind you, the Cold Calling Podcast is brought to you and powered by Monster Connect. Rawr! They leverage technology and human people to deliver you actual conversations. If you're out there making cold calls, which hopefully you are, in addition to other things, you want to have conversations. I know how it goes. Making 150 dials, that's a whole lot of voicemails, not reaching the decision makers. That's where Monster Connect can help. I'm getting all choked up just thinking about it. Now, this podcast, we are designed to help you. Yes, you, sales reps and sales leaders, take your game to the next level with actionable insights. And I am honored to welcome today's guest. Let's get right into the meat of it. He is one of my great friends. We still haven't met in person, but we're going to make sure that we take we take care of that, right, Naraj? He's a world-renowned LinkedIn and sales trainer. He's a sales coach. He's a speaker. Yes, he's got the green mic. He's a three-time author. Uh-oh, watch out now. Watch out now. I still need to get book number three, but he is a writer, an author, a TEDx speaker, a LinkedIn influencer. He's been recognized by Salesforce as a TSI, not to be confused with CSI, but top sales influencer. And personally, he has done more for me than he ever knows, than he'll ever know as a guide, as a supporter, as a role model, helping me as I was writing my book. This is my great honor, my great privilege to welcome all the way from across the pond. I think he's coming in from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Let's give a warm welcome to Naraj Kapoor. <laughs> what an introduction. Thank you so, so much, Larry. And always great to hang out with you. Oh, my goodness. Naraj, I can't tell you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enough for you taking the time to join us and to share some gems, share some nuggets. But let's get started. I call this first segment, Who, What, and Why? Who are you? What do you do? Because I know I didn't capture it all. And why do you do it? The people want to know who, what, and why. Hi, everybody. I'm Nairaj. I'm a LinkedIn top voice, uh, LinkedIn trainer and sales trainer. And why I do what I do is, is very simple. The standards of sales are not good enough. The standards on LinkedIn are not good enough. I am here to raise them and help you win. It's that simple. Wow. <laughs> That's I it. love it. I love it. Short and sweet. Now, Naraj, I want to know, why, why do you do that? Why? Because I had a 23-year corporate career in London. And while there were many parts of my career that were quite amazing, the last few years, I didn't enjoy it because my happy place is coaching people to success. And the companies I was working for weren't investing. They didn't care about coaching. They cared about profit. They couldn't care less about culture. They couldn't care less about career development. They didn't care about nurturing people. But I'm a coach. I'm a nurturer and a carer. And I want people to win and succeed. And I just thought, you know what? No matter where I've been around the world, and I've been lucky enough to work in Asia, North America, and most of Europe, most people can't sell. 
They either struggle with selling and don't realize it, or they struggle with selling and do realize it and do nothing about it and make it up as they go along. Um, or they're just very bad at selling, but they think they're good. So <laughs> all I wanted to do, really, was raise the standards of sales. That was my initial reason for kind of starting out. Over the years, of course, I've gone from being somebody who now serves. I kind of consider myself as somebody who serves and supports. And that's a word I prefer to use. Not because I'm, not, I'm scared of sales. I love sales. But it's like with you. My relationship with you is strong because I supported your book. I promoted your book. I pre-read your book. I support you when you're out in events. I wish you good luck. You know, this is what sales is and this is what business is. Supporting others, encouraging others, wishing others the best, wanting them to succeed. The same rules apply in sales. Wow. I love it. I love it. And Araj, thank you so much for that, that intro of yourself. We're going to call this segment Spill the Tea. Now, I know you've been through quite the journey, quite the adventure, and I enjoyed, first of all, thank you for letting me pre-read, but I also had the opportunity to reread. You've been through some stuff. I want to know, how has your personal journey, as we talk about the lessons that you learned from dating, from divorce, from falling in love again, and I love seeing the pictures of you and your boo, just the joy comes out, it just oozes off of you, but what impact has that had on your work that you do now as a coach as a nurturer, and even as a seller, because I know that you're out there selling. I think someone, some brilliant philosopher told me that everybody works in sales, right? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I think sometimes in life, you have to hit rock bottom to come back stronger. But when you hit rock bottom, you're not going, whew, this is brilliant. I can only come back stronger. No, when you hit rock bottom, you think, why is this happening to me for? It's so unfair. And then you go through a sense of shame thinking, I'm a coach. I can't, how can I help other people when I can't help myself? So there's a lot of processes you have to go through. Shame, guilt, regret, and they're horrible things to go through. And you have to get into therapy and work things through. You have to take care of your mental health. You have to take care of your emotional health. You have to work on you. And, and that has changed how I work because the first session I have with anybody on a one-to-one -one coaching level isn't LinkedIn training. It's rarely sales coaching, it's mindset, it's vision boards, it's routines, it's habits. Because if that isn't right, nothing I teach you or nothing you learn will make any difference at all. Wow. Wow. Now I want to make sure I get this right. Before you get in to the LinkedIn, mm -hmm. before you get into the sales coaching and training, you first set the foundation. And I think you said it was mindset. Yes. It was vision boards. Mm -hmm. It was routines and habits because yes. without that strong foundation, it, it doesn't even matter. Oh, 100%. Uh, last week, unfortunately, I had to attend two funerals from friends oh. of mine who'd lost. They'd lost a, uh, one parent many years ago. Now a second parent had gone. And it was really difficult. And I was able to go in there and just listen. I didn't go in and mansplain. I didn't go in to fix things. I just went in and listened and I was there. That was it. And then when I wanted to give my opinion, the second time I asked permission to speak. Again, very important. I asked permission to speak. But because I've been through that emotional roller coaster, my empathy levels are incredible. And you're able to sense things in other people when they're going through a difficult time. 
and you're able to understand grief on a different level because you've been through it yourself, although in a different way. So that's why when you go through hard times, don't think of it as just being really bad. Try to look at it as being a great opportunity to grow and to learn because you will learn so much more out of it when you do it that way. And of course, when you come out of it the other side, and I'm not out of it the other side by over a, a year and a half, I can look back with tremendous gratitude that I went through that. And every single day I wake up and I live my day and I make the most of every day. Every single day, it's like I'm grateful to be alive, but also I'm grateful for what I do. I serve my clients. I help my clients. And every day when I write down my top goals for the day, one of my goals is what three people am I going to help today? Not what three clients am I going to help? What three people am I going to help? And quite often there's strangers who've lost jobs and I reach out to them and say, look, Sorry, you've lost your job. I checked your LinkedIn profile. There's loads of things we can do. I'll give you 20 minutes free of charge. I've lost my job before in the recession. I know what it's like. I'm here to help you. You will not get into my course. You will not be upsold into my newsletter. I'm just here to help. That to me is what great sales is. It's helping others. It's serving others. And it's being a person of massive value. Wow. I'm shaking my head because you never cease to amaze me, Naraj. You never cease to amaze me. I follow your posts. I follow your journey. You've been on an adventure, a little bit of misadventure. You continue to help. You continue to serve. You're authentic. You share the highs and you share the not highs, the lows throughout yeah. your journey. Where does that openness, that authenticity, because we hear this word, authenticity. Oh, yeah, I'm authentic. But very rarely do we see people who actually embody it. And through your actions, you embody that authenticity of sharing those challenges that you're going through. Where, where does that come from? It's amazing how much you can do in life when you don't know any better. <laughs> I think that's a good way of putting it, really. Naivety will take you a long way in life. Don't underestimate that. So when I went through the trauma of divorce, um, and then realized the people who were my friends weren't my friends, they're my ex-wife's friends, and realized that married people, to my shock and horror, didn't want to get involved. They just stayed away and stayed back. I'm like, I've known you for 10 years. Be my friend. Listen to me. No. And that really surprised and shocked me. And then four months alone in lockdown broke me completely because I'm an extrovert. I couldn't see people. I couldn't go to conferences. I couldn't do networking. I couldn't go to rock concerts. I couldn't play with my band. Everything was taken away from me. And my health got very bad very quickly. So when I wasn't able to cope on my own, and after you know 23 years working in London, almost 30 years living in England, I had to come back to Belfast in Northern Ireland to live with my parents to, to rebuild again. That was rock bottom. And I couldn't afford therapy. And I'm grateful I couldn't afford therapy because I started writing about my challenges on LinkedIn. Back in 2021, early 2021, nobody was really doing that. Now a lot of people are, but back then, nobody really was. And I must have written the post several times and deleted it several times because I was so scared of being judged. Right. But I kept thinking, I can't be the only person suffering like this. I think a lot of the time you suffer, you think, why me? And of course, you realize half the world has been through what you've been through, but sometimes you can't see it. And I wrote the post, and the post went viral, and it was a post about loneliness and the difficulty of just fitting in as a 47-year-old man who's been divorced, who's living with his parents, and is struggling to find friends again. And it's just really battling loneliness. And I was overwhelmed and so grateful of 
not just the thousands of public comments, but the thousands of private comments from people who couldn't talk about their feelings, who felt I was speaking for them, who empathized with me and said, don't worry, it'll get better. I mean, I was just, it was going viral is not something I recommend to people all the time because it's exhausting. <laughs> but the first time it happens, it's awesome. It really is quite cool. And I was so lucky that happened. And I thought, oh, that was interesting. But I didn't do anything immediately. I kept doing my work. And then a few months later, my daughter, who I hadn't seen for almost 12 months because of lockdown, I was reunited with her. And my daughter is an introvert and I'm an extrovert. So when I meet her at the airport, I shook her hand and said, it's very nice to see you, dear. <laughs> it was so British. It was because yeah, she doesn't do hugs. She doesn't say I love you. Now, she's practically my father, but that's a different conversation. you know. <laughs> but, but, but she's an introvert, complete introvert. So I shook her hand and said, good to see you, dear. Welcome. I took her, hand, took her suitcase and her handbag and put it in the boot of the car. And she gave me a hug. I said, I missed you, dad. And I just wow. burst into tears. Wow. Uh, ironically, she hasn't said it since, <laughs> but doesn't matter. She said it. Um, and that was my post that my daughter's an introvert. And this is what I went through. And the number of people who said to me, thank you for respecting her boundaries because they had introvert children. I'm like, oh, that's something I didn't expect. So here was me talking about something just in a LinkedIn post, happy to see my daughter. But the whole post became about you respected her boundaries and how lovely it is you've seen her uh, after 12 months. And again, it's just people connecting with you on an emotional and deep level. And then when it came to online dating, that's when I went <laughs> really big because we made a restaurant on a Saturday night having a meal and the seat obviously would be empty because I was stood up. And getting stood up sucks. Doesn't matter what day of the week it is, it sucks. But for some reason, it sucks more on a Saturday night. And the post was, don't worry, in business, clients stand you up sometime. Clients ghost you. But it's not what happens to you. It's how you react. I think I said I'm worse than a hopeless romantic. And I'm a hopeful one. <laughs> and I'm not going to give up ever in finding love. This is my goal. And I will not stop until I achieve it. And that post again went huge. And that's when the following really went big. I mean, I was going from being a nobody with a thousand followers to getting almost 17,000 in one year. That was a big shock. But that's because I was human. I wore my heart on my sleeve. And the naive part of me, I could not afford therapy. Wow. Wow. Goodness. Christ. I mean, in this corner, we've got no rock. <laughs> you, you are a fighter. You are a battler. You are dropping the gloves and you are just keeping it raw, real, authentic, which I absolutely love and I appreciate. And you mentioned something. You mentioned a bunch of things, but I'm taking notes over here. What three people will you help today with intentionality, with deliberate uh, just just purpose. That is amazing. Now, I've heard it, and I'm not sure if our listeners, you might have to rewind the tape, but you've been talking about your family. You talked about your daughter. You talked about your father. I'm curious, how important is family? It sounds like you made that move to be with your family in your time of need. How important is family to you? Family is everything. You have to find what's important in life, what your purpose is. A lot of people say this, but don't realize how hard it is sometimes to find your place in the world and to find your purpose. I always thought my purpose in life was to have a massive house, a sports car, first class holidays. And when I achieved that, I was so disappointed. Because <laughs> I'm like, really? This is it? This sucks. It's, not, it's nice when you get a big English country house for the first month, everybody calls you a legend. 
and you're a rock star. And then it's like, I have to work seven days a week to pay these bills, to pay a million in dollars. It was a million dollar mortgage, $1.1 million mortgage. Wow. It was so stupid. I was on six figures. So was my wife. So we figured it's fine. But then I wasn't happy in corporate London. And all of a sudden she's paying the bills and I'm trying to find my way in the world. You know, it's very difficult finding your purpose. And as you get older, your values change. And now I've hit 50 years old. I'm about to hit 51 next week. All of a sudden, the big house doesn't matter anymore. And the fancy car, my car is nine years old. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. You know, I don't have the fancy tag watch anymore. It doesn't bother me. But you know what I do have? I have savings in the bank. <laughs> I, I, I have several months savings. So if anything goes wrong, I will be okay. Um, my, we have the National Health Service in England. So it's not a private healthcare system. It's a free one. Free, unfortunately, doesn't always mean good, but it's a free healthcare system. And, but it's always stretched. My parents now need private healthcare, which is very expensive. Not quite as expensive as America, but not far off. And my business allows me to take care of them. I'd rather be able to do that than have a big house. And the fact also that in my time of need, my parents let me live with them for a year. That was, that's a huge deal, rent-free. My father got me a gym membership. And he got me therapy. And my mother gave me home-cooked food and gave me hugs every night. Things that I was just missing in my life. And the, the two of them combined were perfect. Mom showed me the love and the joy and the soul. And my father's a very practical man. You know, he doesn't say, I love you. He doesn't, he's an immigrant. He doesn't say, I love you. His only emotions are anger and hunger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I remember a story I always tell one night I was sitting alone. I, 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 you know, I was trying to meet somebody with online dating. It wasn't working out. They didn't turn up and I came home depressed. And I, I told my dad what happened. He didn't say anything. And then half an hour later, he came into the room and he just patted me in the back and says, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that'll be okay. He says, okay, good. Because I've just had these rugs cleaned. I don't want to clean them again. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's his way of saying I care. It's a terrible way of saying it, but that is his way of saying I care. You know, and when you have family who treat you with that much love and respect, if you're a good person, you won't take advantage of it. You'll appreciate it and see it for what it is. And also you'll want to pay it forward to as many people as you can as well. Nothing but love, Naraj. And now I see where you get it. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, which is amazing. And I want to say thank you. I want to give you your flowers now for you supporting some of the causes that are important to me. I haven't forgot about it, and I truly appreciate it. Now, I want to let our listeners know, for those that are live, feel free to ask any questions in the chat, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on LinkedIn. Now, Naraj, I just talked about LinkedIn, and this is the cold calling podcast. I know <laughs> that you've got some pretty strong thoughts when it comes to, hey, picking up this 500-pound phone versus i won't even say versus i'll say uh cold calling in addition to linkedin please the viewers want to know what are your thoughts when it comes to the phone and linkedin majority of people i know most of my clients are business owners and i work with salespeople. it always goes through their their bosses because a lot of salespeople don't like to pay their bills. <laughs> but, but business owners do. And business owners are usually smart enough to invest in themselves. I don't know any business owner at all 
who spends all day making cold calls. So I can I cannot speak about the cold calling experience. I haven't made 60 to 70 cold calls a day for years. And by the way, I don't teach that. Every now and again, someone approaches me saying, hey, we want our team to make 70 cold calls a day. Can you help? And I will say, no, I'm not the right person. But if your team wants to make anywhere from five to 20 cold calls a day, I'm the person you hire. Because what I recommend with cold calling is email writing and LinkedIn. That combination, and if you're lucky enough, face-to-face is how you make sales in 2023. Cold calling is not enough. And using email only, which unfortunately a lot of salespeople are doing right now, is simply not enough. You need a combination of everything. That is how you create revenue in 2023. And it's how you're going to either hit your target or get as close to hitting your target as possible. Wow. Uh, We're going to give a quick recap there. It's the combination. It's making sure that not only just making cold calls, but double dipping with email, triple dipping with LinkedIn, and then quadruple dipping with in-person for those connections and those relationships. Now, Naraj, you have the pleasure of working with business owners, sales professionals, sales leaders. I'm curious, what have you seen as some of the biggest changes as we've come out of this uh, pandemic era? We, we were in a pandemic. We were on lockdown. Like you said, it, it had an impact on you. What are you seeing as we kind of get loose now? What's your pulse and, and what are you hearing in the industry? During lockdown, people were more open to taking phone calls. Right now, people rarely answer their phone. They still do answer it. It's very important to acknowledge that but not as much. Our mutual friend, Scott Lee, said recently, I do not even answer the phone call to my family. (laughs) Okay, I'm not quite that extreme, but his point was a lot of people don't answer the phone anymore. I still make cold calls because A, I want to keep that skill up and B, people still do answer their phones, but you have to call them at the right time of day. So I never make cold calls in the morning because my clients are in team meetings, then client meetings, then more meetings, and then when lunchtime comes, people go straight to their mobile, (laughs) and they're on social media apps, they're on Facebook, they're using their phones constantly. And by two o'clock, people are drained with technology, and they're craving a human connection. So that's why two o'clock to three o'clock is my peak time for cold calling every day, whether it's serving clients, upselling to clients, giving value to clients, or calling people. That I don't know. You don't know me. And that's very important to acknowledge that. So now it's harder than ever uh, to make cold calls, but they're still important. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people get obsessed with AI instead of prospecting. People getting obsessed with threads instead of prospecting. People obsessed with sales technology instead of prospecting. <laughs> people, you, know, you see where I'm going here. People obsessed with why aren't marketing getting me leads instead of tech, you know, instead of prospecting. Yeah. I had, I'll give you a good example. So I had a quiet July this year, um, which I wasn't expecting. I didn't sit there and feel sorry for myself. I didn't blame the economy, even though I know it's a bit challenging. I didn't blame the government. I didn't blame my clients. I didn't blame their budgets. What did I do? I showed up every day. I prospected every day. I doubled down in in the coaching I get to make sure I become better. And I've reinvested my new website, which is out next month. And tomorrow, my new speaker trailer is dropping. That is what I did in July. Despite, by the way, I earned nothing until the last day of July. I earned money. It wasn't great, but it was something. 
But in August, that is paying off huge. So never underestimate the, the ever prospecting, but also you've got to be consistent. Don't just have a good month and go, phew, <laughs> have a good month and go, well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. Buy yourself something nice from Amazon. Go out for a nice meal in the evening and then get back to it. Do not take a long break and think life is good. You have to keep going. And here's the thing, Larry, people forget in sales. People always want to have, you know, we have so many of these awful gurus on Instagram and Facebook saying, hey, for one latte a month or two lattes a month, you can join my program. I'll teach you how to sell without the sleaze. And what do they do? They teach them sleaziest, worst tactics. I kind of join these groups. I'm like, God, you're terrible, dude. you got all these followers. You suck at selling. And they teach you the worst things possible. And you shouldn't do that. A lot of the best things in sales are not sexy. The best things in sales aren't sexy. Listening is not sexy. Consistency is not sexy. <laughs> Showing up when you don't want to. It's not great. It's... A lot of the best things don't have glitter on them. I think it's really important to mention that to people. For all of you wanting really quick fixes, there are no quick fixes. <laughs> wow. Now, Raj, I picked up something from what you were sharing about the time of day that you call. It tells me that you know your data, yeah. you know your prospects and your customers, and then you share that you're always prospecting even in the lows, even when you don't want to, being productive and still keeping that muscle fresh. Congratulations on investing in your website. And I can't wait to see your speaker reel drop. Now, I'm curious. I, we're we're going to take a little detour. I know this is the cold calling podcast, but uh, I just, uh, being that I'm in the speaker world, I'm, I'm in the speaker world. I, I want to know what's going on with you because we've had this conversation before. I want to know what's going on with you as a professional speaker. Up until April this year, so I've had 12 outstanding months as a speaker. I spoke in Barcelona. I spoke in Croatia. I spoke in Portugal. Not only that, but I take photographs at these events and I put them on social media because social proof is very important. I know so many people have got keynote speaker on their LinkedIn profile. And a few months later, I'll speak to them saying, I'm curious, when were you a keynote speaker? And they go quiet. <laughs> I know people who call themselves international speaker. And I say, what do you mean international speaker? Because I've never seen you speaking from an international audience. They go, oh, yeah, I did a talk on Zoom. I'm like, really? That is not international speaking. International speaking, you say to your family, I love you. I'm getting a taxi to the airport. I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to stay in a hotel room. And you're not there. And I'm going to really miss you. It's often eating food that is not in conjunction with your palate, <laughs> it's being away from home for three to seven days. That is international speaking, okay? And if you don't do that, that you're not an international speaker. Um, and since April, I went very quiet. And I didn't know why. And then I was asked to speak at a lot of events for less money than what I should have been. In some cases, big companies asked me to speak for free. And I said no. And my competition took those jobs and put those posts on LinkedIn. Hey, look at me. I'm a speaker. My like, guys, come on. You're working for free. But at the same time, I felt I lost a bit of my shine. And I felt the spotlight was taken off me for a few months. And when that happens, you have to sit down and go, okay, what do I have to do here? And again, I got a coach. I was speaking to my coach who said, where's your speaker trailer? <laughs> I'm like, That's why you invest in coaching, because they can sometimes see things that you cannot see yourself. And so I interviewed four different video production companies because, again, you've got to do your due diligence. I found a guy who I felt cared. Notice he's not – I didn't say he's the best video production guy in the world. He cared. 
He listened. And that's why I hired him. And um, we, we took about six hours of material of me speaking uh, from my TED talk to speaking in Croatia, to speaking in London, to speaking in Belfast, to speaking you know, in America, to speaking everywhere. And I'll tell you what, putting it into three minutes is one of the hardest things ever. It's so difficult. You know, if, if I could do a half an hour speaker reel, no problem at all. But a three minute one is so difficult. Oh, man. Finding all the gems and distilling it down. <laughs> so difficult. I can't wait to see it. Now, now, Naraj, you shared about the, the sleazy sales trainers, the coaches that are out there. You shared earlier about there being some gaps with sellers, quote unquote, sales professionals, sales leaders. I want to tap into feed on the street, the posts. What are some of the biggest gaps that you're seeing right now with sellers? And I want to roll it in. I'm sorry that I'm doubling up. I'm stacking questions. But what are those gaps? And how can those sellers that are out there that are watching you right now, they've, they've got, uh, they, they've got their, their, their listening glasses on and they just want to learn, what can I do, Naraj, so that I can fill those gaps? Help okay. me out. Uh, when anybody joins a company, the first bit of advice I give to them is find out who the most successful salespeople are uh, or find out who the most successful people are and take them out for lunch. Not a coffee, take them out for lunch, buy them a nice lunch and learn from them. Because from the investment I made with Tony Robbins, success leaves clues. And there's a mutual friend of ours called John Barrows. We both love and admire. I think he was the first guest in your podcast, Cold Calling Podcast. It was a brilliant episode. And he, he didn't talk about it in your podcast. We talked about it in a different podcast personalization at scale is going to be the next big thing. Because what I get is, I, I looked at a lot of the, the messages I got before our call today, and they're all copy and paste messages. And salespeople and business owners are making a huge mistake by thinking, if I can use Sales Navigator and contact 30 strangers today, one of them will say yes. That is a dumb strategy. Please do not do that, ever. It is better to contact three people with personalized, meaningful messages than it is to contact 30 people with the same cheesy, boring, copy and paste, here's my Calendly link. Please stop doing that in first messages. Your role when you contact a prospect is to get their interest, not to include your Calendly link, not to say, are you free for a call next Tuesday or next Thursday? Stop doing that. These cliches must stop. So please make your messages personalized. That's very important. Uh, second of all, stop getting distracted by everything. I know people, Larry, who actually took half days off work to spend time on threads, the new Twitter thing. And a month later, they gave up and went back to it. They, they went, took up half days. They actually admitted it publicly. I took a half day from work. Today. I couldn't work because I was on threads. What a waste of time. It's achieved nothing for them. You know, stop getting distracted by everything. There's a lot of people using AI to write, e to write emails now because they're too lazy to actually do an email course or to hire a coach and teach them how to write emails and they're getting AI to do it because people always want easy answers. But what you want and what you need are two completely different things. I'm going to say it one more time. What you want and what you need are two completely different things. Okay. You want easy solutions. What you need is someone like myself, like a Larry advising you, coaching you, supporting you, keeping you accountable, advising you, helping you, that is how you succeed in life. 
or you can spend 30 years on Google for free, like a lot of people are doing and never get very far and get into this ether of just being lost all the time. It's like losing weight. Go on to Google and see what happens. <laughs> you will spend the rest of your life struggling. Okay. But when I did lose weight, because I was diagnosed obese uh, in lockdown, unfortunately, oh, I don't know what four and a half stone is in pounds, about 40 or 50 pounds, maybe. Why did I do that? I didn't spend all my time on Google looking for free advice. I hired a coach to help me, who was a professional, who kept me accountable, who taught me things I did not know. That is how you succeed in life. I'm succeeding now because I have a coach I invest in. When I speak at events, I hire my speaker coach who I invest in. I don't do it because I just have money lying in the bank. I do it because it's a smart thing to do. So personalize invest in a coach who will help you and stop getting distracted by everything on the planet. I don't want to give too many bits of advice because threes and fives are kind of easy ways for people to digest, Larry. That, that was amazing, Naraj. Thank you so much. Personalization at scale, uh, investing in yourself with coaching and stop getting distracted by everything, including the threads. You can't take a half day for threads. Stay focused on your goal. Now, Naraj, we said that we were open to questions, and we've got Steve Yu coming in from California who wants to know, what are your thoughts around SMS? Is it okay to send an SMS text to prospects? Um, I don't, and I know it varies, Steve, from country to country. Some countries like this, some countries don't. The way you sell is, is different everywhere. It's very important to acknowledge that first. Um, I will use SMS again in conjunction with it LinkedIn and with cold calls and emails. It's not my first point of contact. If I don't know somebody and they text me, I don't really care. But if I don't know you and you send me a brilliant email, which rarely happens, but does happen, or you send me a really effective LinkedIn DM, which rarely happens, but it does happen, or you do a really good cold call, which rarely happens, but it does happen, then I'm more likely to take that than an SMS because I have no idea who you are. However, SMS is absolutely fine in conjunction with the prospecting journey. Uh, personally, I prefer voice notes to text because your energy, your enthusiasm comes across so much better. So when I connect with people on LinkedIn, I don't send them a message. Nine times out of 10, I'll do a video or a voice note because a it stands out and standing out is very important at the moment in 2023 and b your energy your tone your enthusiasm comes across so much better naraj don't be giving away all my secrets i'm just messing <laughs> it's, it's a secret that everyone knows and they still don't do it sending yeah. video audio i'm curious are you a fan of gifs do you ever send funny gifs I don't. Um, I like when people send me them. <laughs> but you know what? If I try and find a funny GIF, I'll spend half an hour on the internet and I'll get lost in this rabbit hole. I will. Because again, like everybody else, I get distracted easily. So my phone is off three times a day. And again, I tell people this for focus. My phone is off three times a day. And you know what? In five years, I've never missed an urgent call because somebody will always call back if it's urgent or a client will email you. People rarely call these days anyway, but you gotta focus, focus, focus. So yes, my phone's off a lot. Oh, I love that. I love that. I was just on a session earlier where we talked about time and calendar management. And what I'm hearing from you is know thyself. You know that, hey, you can get down that rabbit hole if you're looking for GIFs, sticking with video, sticking with audio, 
That's your jam right there. Thank you for sharing, Naraj. Ah, I'm making an observation. As we prepared for this session, one of our assistants who helps produce this, Carlos, shared a, a LinkedIn, uh, hey, if you could reshare this, and you being a natural coach, you said, oh, no, 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 that's <laughs> not the way to go. Yeah. I just want to call that out because it just comes so naturally to you. It was like when you immediately saw that message, you were like, no, let me teach you something. That is just an amazing, amazing trait that you have and being willing to let people know you need to zag when you were about to zig. Have you always had that, Naraj? No. Um, I'm a horrible people pleaser. <laughs> you know, I want people to be happy in life. But I think the more confident you get in business, when you start to become successful, you start to make profit, you get more confidence. And so you feel you can speak up a bit more. And so I feel I can speak up a bit more now. And so when I see people doing things that aren't right, I reach out to them. And if I know them really well, I say, look, don't reshare really posts. Even though you think it's a nice thing to do, it doesn't get much engagement. It doesn't get much interaction at all. That's why I created an original post to do this event. In fact, I, I rarely do original posts. I let the podcast host do it. But because you're a close friend, I want to support you. I did an original post. Because again, you saw yourself. There was engagement in that post. There was likes. There were people saying, cannot wait to be there. There were so many people who said, you know what? I can't make it, but I'm going to register and then watch. So many people said, I'm going to watch it afterwards. And that's great. That's what you want because the magic in a LinkedIn Live is almost three times more people watch it afterwards, you see. And that's good. But it's important to tell people that sometimes people don't appreciate that. That's why it's very important. We don't know somebody to say, would you mind if I made a suggestion? But because it was you, I just told you. <laughs> but if I didn't know you, I would say, Larry, I do appreciate that. But would it be okay if I made a suggestion, please? Only because I know for a fact that if you reshare a post, it doesn't have the same. So I think how you approach people is very different. You know somebody well. You can be direct. If you don't, ask permission. That, that, that is awesome right there. That is awesome. Now, you, you've shared. And I know that you've got experience all across the globe. I'm curious, from your perspective, what do you see as the biggest differences between sales over in Europe and sales here in the States? We're much more conservative in Europe. So I did some sales training yesterday morning, and we were talking about testimonials. And this is with a company in Germany. And they were all so reserved. They felt if they asked for a testimonial, it would be a bit rude, a bit forward. It's not really their style. You can't say that's in America. Like, yep, America, what do I have to say to get a testimonial? You know, so in that respect, Americans will ask more. They have no problems with that. No shame, no problems at all. Whereas the British and especially the Europeans are a lot more reserved. They feel a bit bad asking it. They're worried they might upset people by asking it. But here's the thing. If you do a great job with somebody and you over deliver to a client, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you saying to the client, what was the experience like working with me? Was it a massive value? Did I over-deliver? And listen to what they say. And when you've listened, it's okay to say, you know what? Testimonials really do matter to business owners or to small businesses or to solopreneurs, depending who you are. Would it be okay if I sent that to you as a LinkedIn recommendation? And about 80% of people will say yes. Now, half of them will forget about it. <laughs> and you've got to chase them up after a week because businesses always <laughs> follow up, in which case follow them up. But yes, much more conservative in Europe and a bit more reluctant to pick up the phone. Whereas Americans will often try things. Americans always been that bit ahead of us anyway. 
But Americans are, are more doers, without a doubt. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it. Naraj, you've got a fan. Wendy Harris coming in from Scotland, who's been known as the queen of conversation. Wendy, we got to get you on. But she said that she also loves voice notes. Now, this is just a global. Naraj, you, you, I got to say, you're the United Colors of Benetton. You just bring all <laughs> everyone together. We've got Carlos Soto coming in from Honduras. And I don't want to misrepresent where you're from, Carlos, but I think it's Tegucigapa. I, I think I pronounced <laughs> that right. But he's asking you, hey, Naraj, and he knows, he, did, he, he checked the Carfax, that you're just a, a consumer of books. I mean, just you're Encyclopedia Britannica. What are your favorite books to recommend, sales or not? I'm going to narrow it down because I know you've got a huge list. You publish it on your website. You publish on LinkedIn periodically some of the best books. What would you say are your top three? Let's go sales books and then let's go non-sales books if you care to expand. Okay. Yeah, sale, this is very important because you want to get, be good at sales. Reading sales books and listening to sales podcasts are important, but non-sales books are also very important too. So for sales, Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt, I think is one of the best. Uh, a Mindset for Sales by Mark Hunter is very important. A lot of it is around the mind as well as sales. Uh, for LinkedIn, the ultimate LinkedIn guide, Daniel Disney. Uh, I think you know Daniel as well. Fantastic writer, fantastic author as well. How to win friends and influence people just in terms of getting on with people is so important. And Energize by Simon Alexander Ong, just because energy is so important. You know this, you're a chief energy officer. Energy is so important. And people judge you within five seconds of meeting you. So the energy that you carry into a room or a conversation always matters. Wow, I love that. Just to recap, energize, how to win friends and influence people. We've got Daniel Disney. He's got uh, multiple uh, versions of his LinkedIn, social selling, uh, a mindset for sales. My good buddy, Mark Hunter, the sales hunter, and then Jeb Blount, fanatical prospecting. Oh, thank you so much for sharing those great insights. Now, Naraj, I've got to put on my, my future glasses as we look. We've we've got uh, I, I'm not a math major, but I think we've got four months left, four full months left in 2023. I'm going to stack questions again. I want to know what does the future look like for Naraj Kapoor? And then I also want to know what do you think the future looks like as we go through the end of this year for sales? This world that we live in, what, what's coming up next for us? Uh, for me, my new website in September, I've invested, I'm trying to think dollars-wise, £8,000, about $11,000 in a website, which for me is huge. I mean, that's the biggest investment I've made in anything I've done. Um, and the speaker trailer tomorrow is launching, and I cannot wait to get just reactions from people. Um, so that's for me personally. Uh, and of course, August and September, after a quiet July, August and September is busy. For me, that's a good sign. It means things are picking up slightly, not as fast as they should be, but they're picking up. That's the most important thing. And in terms of sales, what I can see a lot of people doing are still copying and pasting, still using Sales Navigator for all the wrong reasons, still getting distracted and still copy and pasting. So my advice to you is stand out from the crowd. Okay, You want to be successful and end Q4 on a high or at least better than you expected. Invest in yourself. 
personalize your emails. Do not get distracted by everything on the planet which can distract you. If in doubt, ask for advice and take amazing care of your mental and emotional health. Because when you do that, it is amazing how much you can achieve. Wow. I love it. And I can't wait to see. New website in November. Speaker Reel coming out tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> Birthday celebration next week. Did I get that right? Yeah. Rachel's is on Friday. So we're staying at the Europa Hotel for a few nights. It's going to be lovely. we got meals planned. Uh, taking her to a jazz club. And she's taking me to Ireland because we go to Ireland, the south of Ireland, like every three months. We just, wow. you know, again, good routines and habits. Every quarter, we go away for three days to somewhere in Ireland. We get an Airbnb and we discover the countryside, eat in local pubs. Again, it's a, it's a routine and a habit. Once a week, we have date night. We still get dressed up and we have date night once a week. Why? Because it's a brilliant habit. And just to clarify, I don't take her to Burger King, even though I've recommended Burger King. She didn't like that appreciation. <laughs> we go out to the night. We don't go out to the most expensive restaurant on time. We go out to really good restaurants. And, you know, that's very important. Good habits and routines are, are, are really key. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Exciting things to come. The best is yet to come for you, Naraj. Yeah, and I want to say thank you for sharing insights around standing out from the crowd. Stop the copy and paste. Let's keep it real. Let's personalize at scale. Let's invest in ourselves in coaching. I'm encouraging people to support you, Naraj. I'm encouraging people to buy your books. Everybody works in sales, Jim. Business <laughs> growth, lessons learned from divorce, dating, and falling in love again, Gems. Help me out. What's that third book that we're missing? Oh, that's the easy guide to sales uh, for business owners. Oh, easy guide to sales for business owners. I, know I want to know, Naraj. You give me that title, actually. <laughs> who, who did? Daniel Disney. Um, wow. I think mine was, I, I was trying to make mine into like a movie sequel. Like everybody works in sales part two, <laughs> the next level. It was something really bad like that. He's near eyes. No, 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 please. No. So again, surround yourself with good people because they'll support you in so many ways you haven't thought of, you know? That's amazing. The company that you keep, the, the people that you surround yourself with. And I'm honored to be able to surround myself with you. Now, Naraj, as we land the plane, folks, can connect with you on LinkedIn. How else can they connect with you? How else can they support you? Where do we find you? Um, no matter how many times I say, go to everybodyworksinsales.com, people just go to LinkedIn anyway. <laughs> and you know, my, my, my website at the moment is my old website. It still has good stuff on it, but it is my old website. But everybody works in sales. You're welcome to look at that. Loads of book recommendations, loads of documents you can download as well. But really LinkedIn, connect with me, send me a personalized invite, click the bell next to my profile so you don't miss out on my content. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Final question. Then we're going to wrap, Naraj. What's your word of 2023? It could be a word or it could be a phrase. I love persistence and I love growth. Growthistant? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Growth? No, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, <laughs> let's go with growth. I tried something. It didn't work. <laughs> let's just go with growth. Why? Because in difficult times, people don't grow. They often hide. They often panic. They often do nothing. That's the worst thing you can do. If you look at the most successful companies in the world, they were launched in a recession 
IBM, Microsoft, General Electric, Apple, Steve Jobs deliberately launched the iPod when he did because a recession was taking place. He knew companies wouldn't do anything. What did he do? Launch the iPod, which changed the world. When times are tough, you double down and invest in yourself. You do not cut back because everybody else is cutting back. So I would say growth. Oh my goodness. That that those are wise and sage words of advice, Naraj. I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy day. And it sounds like we've got more fans. Wendy said, great to see two of my favorite podcast guests, <laughs> two of my podcast guests sharing such value. It sounds like we're part of the same community of being guests on Wendy's podcast. <laughs> yeah, Wendy's awesome. Her podcast is making conversations kind. It's brilliant. It's really good. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Naraj, as we wrap up, any final thoughts to the sales leaders, the sales reps and professionals, any last parting shots? You've given a ton of knowledge, but what's that one thing you want them, if they don't hold on to anything, what's that <laughs> one thing that you want them to hold on to? My advice is find something valuable here, preferably three things, but if you can't just take one thing, and just please take action. That's all I want because what a lot of people do is that I, I, I meet a lot of people who go to events and I ask them, what, what's changed since last time? I've met people who spent thousands of dollars on Tony Robbins, thousands. Yeah. And I ask them, how are you getting on? Oh, you know, I've been busy. I'm like, really, dude? You, you're a busy and you just gone to another event? Come on, take action. That's it because nothing happens until you take action. You can read as many books as you want, listen to as many podcasts. Please, please, please just find one thing here and take action on it. Three is preferable, but if not, take one thing and then take action. Oh my goodness. That was easy. Naraj, you make it sound so easy. Take action. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Honor, privilege, absolute pleasure to host you. I can't thank you enough, Naraj, and I cannot wait to meet you in person. It's gonna be nothing but love when we get to connect. Thank you so much. I, I want to re remind, oh, I'm getting tongue-tied. Our listeners, our viewers, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you learned. I know you learned so much. As Narod said, take three things. And if you can't take three, take one. If you want to level up, take two. But take three things and act on it. He's given us so much. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday, the 30th of August. I can't believe it. For our next guest, Morgan J. Ingram. I don't know how he's going to follow up Naraj, but we're super excited to see you again. Let's give a warm round of applause to Naraj. Thank you we'll so much. You and thank you to everybody in the comments. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Naraj. We got Camila coming in. I think she's coming in from South America or Central America. Uh, amazing inputs and insights. Thanks, Naraj, for your time. Thank you so much, Naraj. Take care now. Take care.